let's say you're tired of offering the same old therapy week after week, month after month, year after year, and then you have a bright idea to create something new that will increase your revenue. You figure out all the details, the price, the ideal client, even the technology, everything is ironed out and in its place for you to hit the ground running. You prepared yourself for the big reveal and then crickets. No one, and I mean no one, raises their hand and says, yes, please, I'd like to sign up for your intuitive eating workshop, or absolutely, I can't wait to start your new grief group, or tell me exactly how soon I can get my hands on your new book about managing OCD. What happened? If you're ready to create multiple streams of revenue within your private practice this year, and you don't tackle this thing first, you will not hit the revenue goals you need and want. On today's episode of Beyond the Session with Aisha, the business podcast that teaches you how to create a premium mental health business and ethically blend your clinical skills with entrepreneurship, you will learn how there's more to creating multiple revenue streams than having a great idea. I'm your host, Aisha, a licensed mental health therapist and strategic consultant for mental health industry leaders who are ready to compassionately disrupt the mental health industry, making it more accessible for clients and more sustainable for clinicians. Building a business from the ground up is hard, and I'm here to infuse some bliss into your role as a founder and mental health industry leader. This process can be overwhelming at times, and feeling overwhelmed does not automatically mean that you're bad at business. Sometimes that is just the name of the game. But if you notice that you're feeling so overwhelmed that you're unable to take action, there's one major culprit that is often to blame. You're hiding. So much so that you're hurting your chances of reaching the revenue goals you want and need and harming your future clients' chances at getting the help they want and need. So let's do a thought experiment, shall we? Imagine you're in the market for a new car and you have your choice narrowed down to two cars. Each are at two different dealerships, dealership A and dealership B. Both have ample inventory. You're ready to test drive the vehicles and talk about the features and benefits of both cars directly with the sales associates. You venture into dealership A and everything was smooth sailing. You came prepared with your list of questions, which were answered by the associate with grace and ease. You took the car for a test drive and were impressed with the features and benefits. And the price of the car was in alignment with your budget. You make them aware that you're planning to check out one more dealership to help you solidify your decision. You waltz over to dealership B, thrilled at the idea that you'll soon be the owner of a new car. You walk through the aisles of cars and look at the MSRP, but all the cars are missing a price tag. You find that kind of odd since the last dealership conveniently listed its prices, but you think to yourself, this car is so new, they must have forgotten to put the price tag on the car. This car isn't identical to the one at dealership A, but it feels like a great fit for what you're looking for. You assume that it's probably around the same cost as the other dealership, give or take a few dollars. All cars and dealerships are pretty much the same, right? You walk up to the sales associate and follow a similar flow as you did at the first dealership, and then you decide this is it. The car that you see yourself driving around for the next 10 plus years will be from dealership B. You walk inside to chat with the sales associate so that you can discuss the terms of the agreement and review the fine print. The sales associate rattles off their rehearsed spiel 
about your soon-to-be new car and your ears perk up when you hear the total cost of the car. Oh, I didn't realize that was the cost of the car. I just assumed that since the make and model were comparable to the dealership down the street, that the prices of your cars would be about the same too. No, our prices are based on our unique business model. We're aware of what the other dealerships charge, but we don't base our prices off of their prices. Okay, well, can you at least explain why you don't publish your prices? Oh, it's tradition. We don't publish our prices because we don't want the competition to know what we charge. Okay, well, that's a bit of a contradiction to what you just said about basing your prices on your unique business model. But in any event, I'm not the competition. This car is out of my price range. I can't afford it. Is there any room to negotiate? The sales associate looks at you over their glasses. Well, you said you wanted a car, didn't you? Frankly, it seems like you need a car based on how you're carrying on about the state of your current car. If you were really that serious about being a car owner, you'd take what I'm offering regardless of the price. But since you're not interested in what we offer and would rather haggle, perhaps you should try the used car lot down the street. Sometimes bargain shoppers even participate in a ride share when their budget is too tight. They're both great alternatives for people like you. You think to yourself, what are they talking about? You speak up for yourself and you say, I'm not in the market for a used car and I'm not interested in using a ride share. I wanted to purchase a new car and I'm here because I'm serious about purchasing a car. I just want to make sure that I was being a good steward of my finances. I would have never come in here, spent my whole afternoon talking with you and taking the car for a test drive had I known it was out of my price range. I knew this was too good to be true. All car dealerships are the same, just in it for the money. You leave dealership B in such a tizzy, feeling defeated, completely abandoning the idea that you found a great car at dealership A. You return home feeling scorned. I'll just stick to what I already have. And scene. Now, you're probably thinking, Aisha, a car is a one-time purchase. No one is purchasing a car every day. True. However, how many people do you know are paying a lump sum of cash for a car? Most people are financing a car for three to five years, and according to LendingTree.com, the average cost of a monthly car payment is $563. If we break that down into weekly and biweekly payments, that's roughly $140 a week or $280 every other week. That sounds very similar to how much some therapy sessions cost. And over the course of three to five years, that's a significant investment of time and money. So now that I've painted this picture for you and have your full attention, let's have a serious talk about why hiding is hurting your practice and potentially impacting the therapy industry as a whole. You will notice in this example, the key thing that is being hidden is your price. And if you are hiding your prices, regardless if you're offering therapy or you're expanding into a different revenue stream like writing a book, hosting a workshop, it's so important for you to keep your prices up front and center and very transparent. You have to stop assuming. Just because people want to know the cost does not mean that they're not serious about what you're offering. This is a very cynical and toxic way of viewing people who are seeking support. 
there are many indicators of whether a potential or current client is serious about therapy or any other therapeutic service or product that you're offering. And asking about the price is not an indicator of whether or not they are serious. I make every effort not to throw shoulds and buts around, but when it comes to healthcare, therapy should not be a one-size-fits-all. And everyone should have access to options to high-quality care that's in alignment with their budget and lifestyle. Like the sales associate, if you assume that your current or future client is looking for budget-friendly options when they share with you their reactions to your mystical pricing without asking them questions first, this is inappropriate. If you are currently in a position where your prices are not publicly open and out there, or you have therapy consultations ready on your calendar and you have not shared your prices on your website or your client inquiry form, I need you to do the following. Let's imagine that you tell them how much therapy costs and they're like, oh my goodness. The next thing you should do is ask the client what they're hoping to spend on a weekly or monthly basis on therapy, I do not want you to get into the habit of negotiating your rates because this is a very uncomfortable situation for the client. And then they're having to make financial decisions off the cuff. It's more valuable for them to have to think through whether or not they can afford the services, the investment of time, energy and effort, attention and focus and money before they get on the call with you. If you don't give them that opportunity, this could be considered sleazy sales and specifically high pressure sales. And we do not want someone to feel pressured or strongly persuaded into doing therapy. We want them to come to the consultation saying, yes, I want to do this. The same is true for any other product or service that you're expanding into. You want people to feel welcomed into making that decision for themselves. That's what we mean by self-determination and self-efficacy. So you want to mimic that in the sales process as well. When you are able to make information-based suggestions, this will take you so much further than making another assumption about their value of money. Another thing to keep in mind is your competition. So frankly, I don't think you should care how much somebody else is charging for therapy because it has zero impact on how you cover your business expenses and how you will reach your revenue goals. Yes, it's true. You have competition. I don't want you to break out into a heavy sweat over that. You are not the only show in town. It'd be foolish to assume that you wouldn't have competition, especially in a capitalistic society, right? It thrives off of competition. So it's most likely true that your quote unquote competition has already scoped you out in such a way that they are doing market research. And we talk about you doing market research when you created your business plan. Now, if you are starting to break out into hives, and say, Aisha, I never created a business plan for my private practice. It's not too late. You can always create a business plan for your practice and right past wrongs. If you are so deep into your private practice, we're just like, what is the point? I can tell you that having a very strategic plan on how you are going to generate revenue, but also generate profits how you are marketing and what is your sales strategy is super important. We dive into these details in the strategic incubator, 
where you were getting individual coaching around what is your specific strategy for your specific business. And we're breaking this down based on the services that you're offering. Click the link in the show notes to learn more details about the strategic incubator. Now, I just want to hit this point home about your competition. You are wasting your time if you are more focused on what your competition is potentially doing than focusing on your own business. So focus on the people that you want to serve through your practice and leave the market research for a particular phase of your strategic planning. If you focus on this too much on a daily, weekly, even monthly basis, you are going to again, waste a lot of time and energy on what other people are doing when you can use that energy doing something else more useful. If you're not giving your potential clients all the information they need to know, like, and trust you, there's no reason for them to commit their valuable resources of time and money to invest in anything that you are offering them. So do not waste your time and doing all of this to get nothing in return. And this is the main reason why therapists hire me as a coach, because they have big revenue goals and they've tried to make it happen on their own with little to no success. If you want to get a taste of what it's like to be coached by me, tune into my live Q and A's on LinkedIn and grab your chance to ask me questions about ethical marketing, sincere sales, and profitable business development strategies. My goal is to host these events every Wednesday for the next 90 days or so. So if you have a question that you want me to answer, click the link in the show notes to connect with me on LinkedIn, and then you'll get notifications about the dates and specific times that I'm going live. So the moral of the story is stop hiding and specifically stop hiding your prices. Now in Thursday's episode, we're going to talk about some more things that you may be hiding. If you've enjoyed this episode of Beyond the Session with Aisha, just let me know by sending over a five-star rating or sharing this episode link with a friend. Until next time, take care, talk soon, and keep thriving.